Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome back to another episode of Modernizer Die CFML News Edition. It's November 5th, and this week I'm joined by Eric Peterson. Hello, everybody. So we're lucky enough to be uh, on site with a customer this week down in San Marcos, California. So uh, I finally got Eric in front of the camera. So we're going to have him uh, help me out here. Second so, time. That's right. We had you at CF Summit. Special guest. Special guest. <laughs> that's always good to have somebody else here. We get bored of Brad talking all the time, right? <laughs> Just kidding, Brad. We love you, Brad. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get on with the news. So... Uh, the first big event, we had a few people asking about Into the Box. So Into the Box 2020 is happening. It's going to be in Houston, and the call for speakers is now available. So if you go to papercall.io slash ITB2020, you can go on there and submit your uh, sessions right now. So why should they become a speaker, Eric? Why did you first become a speaker? Uh, I first became a speaker because I thought it would give me an excuse to go learn something that I didn't know, give me a deadline, if you will. <laughs> I uh, definitely did that and uh, kind of kick-started my Cold Fusion learning. So I really recommend it to anybody that kind of has an itch, thinks they might want to. Um, you don't need to be an expert. You just need to be willing to research and put in the time. Yep. And uh, like I said before in uh, previous episodes, you know, if you're new and you haven't spoken before, let us know if you need some help, if you need you know, some advice or someone to review your slides or whatever. We definitely want to make sure that you have you know, a good experience, but also that the session is good for not only you, but all the people attending as well, obviously. So yeah. you know, let us know. One piece of advice I'd give to anybody thinking you might go on there and see the 50-minute uh, time frame and feel like I could never feel 50 minutes. The good news is... If you go short, nobody's upset because there's a lot of fun things to do around the conference, vendors to talk to, snacks or coffee to go get. So if you feel like scared of that time commitment, it's okay. You can take shorter. It's going to be okay. Yeah. And I always find that I always end up like in preparation having way too much to say and it's actually hard to cut it down and yeah. put it in 50 minutes. So 50 minutes seems like a long time. But when you're up there, the time flies, and I always speak fast, and I still manage to fill up all the time. That's why I usually get right before lunch. So that way, people can uh, you know hang out a little longer. I always expect them just to leave and go get food, but they <laughs> hang out, so I must be doing something right. So anyway, so we'll talk a little bit more about Into the Box in a minute, but uh, the call for speakers is now open, so you guys can go ahead and do that. Now, since we got Eric here, I just happened to have a couple of his releases as well. So, CB Guide 4.0 was released. So, you want to tell us a little bit about what CB Guide is and what's new? Uh, sure. CB Guard is a module for your Coldbox applications to add authentication and authorization uh, guards uh, right in your handler as metadata, just with a secured metadata. We really enjoy it. It's inspired some changes in the CB Security module too. CB Guard 4.0 actually is all thanks to Adrian Sanchez. Thank you, Adrian. And it adds uh, local handler, handler overrides. So you can put functions right in your handler to handle those uh, authentication failures and authorization failures. So really nice feature. Thank you, Adrian. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So yeah, we use CB Guide a lot. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a great little great little tool. And if you've ever done you know permissions-based 
stuff in your app, you'll you'll love how simple this is. So definitely check it out. Uh, it's worth doing. And the 4.0, it's a it's a major because there was a little bit of backwards compatibility. You said. Yeah, I dropped uh, ColdFusion 11 and Lucy 4.5. It felt like time since you know Adobe dropped ColdFusion 11. So. Sounds good. So, yeah. Although there's you know obviously a couple changes in there. It's not as big and scary. So uh, check it out and go get that. And then uh, another one of Eric's babies just turned seven. So uh, QB7 beta is ready for testing, right? That's right. You can install it QB at BE. It's quite fun to say four letters in a row like that. Um, it is a breaking change again. We dropped support for ColdFusion 11, which led us to a lot of fun stuff. The docs are completely rewritten and brought up that you're gonna love them. It's gonna make a lot of things clear. Uh, there's a what's new page in the migration guide, but there's something for everybody here, so. So very cool. So QB is short for Query Builder. Uh, it's uh, based on Eloquent, are you gonna write it? Yes, Eloquent, Eloquent from, from Laravel. Yep, so um, again, we like Laravel. It's got a lot of, uh, a lot of cool people writing some cool things there, and so Eric's, uh, does his research and brings the best of it to Cold Fusion, and this is a, a great tool. And and if you've ever written a, a crazy query, this could help you. This could save your life. So uh, <laughs> we love it, uh, you know. And yeah, it's got some really cool stuff in there. One of the coolest things I thought about the QB seven is that chunking. Right? Yeah. So if you've ever had to operate on a large set of records, pulling them back from your database into Cold Fusion, you get this big memory footprint. You know, we're talking thousands of rows. The chunk method on QB will let you specify how many you want back at a time, and you can get back 25, do your processing, it'll give you the next 25, so those first 25 can be garbage collected, and, and so on, letting you process lots of records without that memory footprint. Pretty cool. So, so yeah, so that's ready for testing out there on Forgebox, so forgebox.io. Yeah. And then search for QB and um, yeah, get and out the, there. There's a whole migration guide. Uh, I just updated Quick, our Coldbox ORM to, that uses QB under the hood. It took me uh, two minutes. So it's yeah. not, it is a big number, but it's not a big amount of work. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just tell you, we were working on it last night. Uh, as, as we said, we're down here at a client and uh, he ran the test for quick and he was all excited and scared at the same time. When he saw the first <laughs> result, he's like, oh my gosh, like most of the tests failed, but uh, he fixed one little thing and then everything passed. So it was yeah, luckily a, a simple little change. So, and but yeah, so hopefully you guys got tests, but uh, it should be a smooth <laughs> transition. But yeah, so QB is ready, uh, go check it out. So cool. Um, seems like it's a weekly thing now, um, online CFML meetup. Um, Charlie Earhart and the ColdFusion meetup is um, back in action. And last week we had um, our friend Matthew Clemente. He did his guide to writing API wrappers, which was a great session. So if you missed that, you can get that up on the meetup.com slash ColdFusion meetup. But also um, this week we have another one from Dave Ferguson. Um, and I actually went to a session at CF Summer. Did you go to this one? or I did not get to this one. So you'll be able to follow up here and check okay. it out. But uh, He's basically doing <laughs> SQL. I learned enough to break everything. So we've all been there, right? We've all done that uh, update without a weird clause or something else. So he's got a whole bunch of things in, in there that'll you know help you. Uh, talks about query execution plans and everything as well. So 
can really dive in and give you, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of good lessons he's learned the hard way. I love the fact that these online cold fusion meetups are taking off again, Gavin. I remember coming into the community, and this was something I looked forward to. You know, I couldn't quite get to all the conferences, but I could look forward to an online meetup to to learn more and to meet people who are using CFML. Yeah. So, yeah. The good thing about uh, these is, yeah, basically right now we're at every week. So everyone's right. on that conference buzz and all the speakers are coming off and doing those same talks. So if you did miss uh, CF Summit or his session, um, you know, we can check that out. And so that is this Thursday, but there's a different time. So usually I think they're at um, either 12 Eastern or 3 Eastern, but this is actually 6 p.m. Eastern. So um, different time than normal, but definitely worth checking out. And then if you're looking to speak, Charlie's looking for more speakers too. He wants to get this back up to a weekly thing and we got lots of cool content coming your way. So keep an eye on that as well. Okay. So we've been talking all month about Hacktoberfest, but now it's November. So that's over. So it's pretty sad, but I got my shirt. Did you get yours? I did. I did get my shirt. Waiting for it still. Yeah. But yeah, we, we earned it. We earned it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you guys missed out, sorry. But if you had four pull requests during the month of uh, October, you might still be able to sign up now because I think it, you had to complete it during October. I don't know what the sign-up process is like. But um, it was their biggest year ever. So just some numbers for you guys. Last year, I believe they had 40,000 people that earned their T-shirt. So 40,000 people completed the challenge. This year, they had 51,956. So they almost had 62,000 people completed the challenge. So I think they're giving away 50,000 shirts. So <laughs> there might be a mad rush to get your uh, your sign-up form in to, to claim them. I'm not sure. But I know that the logistics of it is pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. Last year they had a podcast. on I think it was on Syntax FM. They were talking about just the logistics of dealing with 50,000 shirts. Yeah. I, I remember listening to that podcast. They talked about how it costs more to ship the shirt to most places, to most places outside like U.S. and Europe than it does the shirt uh, price of the shirt. So. Yeah. Very nice of DigitalOcean to front that bill. <laughs> yeah, and I think Dev.2 was an ever major sponsor this year too, so thank you both. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool to see almost 500,000 pull requests were opened and 104, uh, sorry, 154,000 different repositories on GitHub were used. It's a lot of code. Yeah. A lot of cool. code. <laughs> so yeah, so hopefully you guys checked it out. If not, uh, just... Don't get too jealous of us wearing our new shirts. Uh, we'll be showing them off into the box <laughs> next year. And uh, next year, October, don't forget. It's easy enough to do. Just four pull requests is all it takes. So, Okay, so next we're going to start talking about conferences. So obviously we had a few. What do you think about CF Summit and uh, CF Camp this year? Because you got to go to both this year. I did. I did get to go to both. Great conferences, uh, great crowd. It was really fun for me personally to go to CF Camp and to meet developers from uh, all over Europe, you know, crowds that probably don't usually get all the way out to Vegas. It's a little far for them. So, but you know, the CFML community, it's alive and well, a lot of very smart people and, and kind people contributing in there. So had a great job, a uh, great time at the conference. Uh, hope I get back. Hope I get to go back to both. Very cool. So if you didn't miss out on those conferences, don't worry, there are more coming. Uh, and the next one coming up is in December, December 4th, so just under a month now, we have Into the Box Latam, which is a Latino America. So uh, it looks like we're going to have a one-day, one-track down in El Salvador. 
So in San Salvador, El Salvador, and we have a lot of the great oldest speakers. And we actually have a translator for one, because John is going to be speaking. And uh, apparently his Spanish is not as good as the rest of them. Spanish is probably better than mine, though. So yeah, it's a lot better than mine. I'll tell you that much. But so they they're going to be you know presenting in Spanish. Um, there's a lot of great content, um, and you can get to the the website latam.intothebox.org. Tickets are now available. They're uh, they're priced for that area of the country uh, the of the world. So it's really affordable. If you guys are in the area, I definitely recommend it. Um, it's going to be at the the Hyatt down there. So definitely check it out. And uh, Adobe is doing their third CF Summit of the year. They have a CF Summit East, which is the government in DC, basically. They have a one day, and then they have their two day in Vegas with the workshops. And then now CF Summit India is coming up. So December 7th, and um, which is in Bangalore, uh, Bangalore which is, uh, I guess the other name is Bangalore, which is the previous name. We learned that last week because we're trying to figure <laughs> out where it was. But um, so the whole ColdFusion team is going to be the other Adobe team. And I think it's a one-day event, but uh, a lot of the same great content from CF Summit and some more Adobe people because obviously that's where their office is. So, so I know Luis had a, a lot of fun meeting the Adobe team and getting to check out their office when he was doing the boot camp training just recently. So uh, pretty exciting. So if you guys are in the area, it's complimentary. It's free. So definitely worth it. Go check it out and, uh, and tell us what you think. I mean, look at all these conferences. Basically, anywhere you are in the world right now, you, there's a Cold Fusion conference close to you. Yep. So, pretty exciting. And so, if you can wait till next year, the next one that we got on our list is Into the Box 2020. So, that's our conference, uh, Auto Solutions. We love putting that on. And I think it's the seventh year now. Uh, eighth, if I read the website oh, right. Oh. So. There we go. I'm wrong. <laughs> Get used to it. <laughs> so that one's going to be in uh, the Woodlands, which is just outside of Houston, Texas, on May 6th to 8th. So Now, uh, this is um, objectively the best CFM on conference of the year, right? Yeah, uh, and that's not just us saying that. Not too. just us. Yeah. Right. We, had a, we felt that a long time ago. We had a lot of people come that don't even use cold box products because the conference has more than just box stuff. So. Uh, I know uh, Nolan and uh, Tony Junkies, uh, you know, Framework One people came to the conference. They loved it. They said it's the best conference they've, they've been to in a long time, and they keep coming back. So uh, it's a good thing. And a lot of speakers that you see at CF Summit and CF Camp are there too. So. Right. It, and it really has something to offer from beginner to advanced developers. So whatever your skill level, you'll get something out of into the box. So. Yeah. And that's one thing about, you know, CF Summit is there's over 500 people at CF Summit and more than 250 had never been to a conference before. First Cold Fusion conference. So they, a lot of their content is a lot more, you know, beginner oriented. But that's one thing I do like about Into the Box is you can really dive deeper and get into the get into the weeds a little bit and learn some really cool stuff. So um, a lot of things I'm using now I never heard of before one of these sessions and now I don't know how to live without them. So, yeah. So very cool. Okay, well, let's get into the blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. So uh, if you can't get enough of the news and you want to see more news going on in the CFML world, uh, rest assured, Pete Freitag has got you covered. Um, he's got a, a newsletter that he releases, and it's his 34th issue was just released. So I don't know if, you, uh, if you've seen this before, but he goes through and uh, does a similar summary, but he's got a lot of content that we don't even touch on as well. So. 
uh, he's he's deep in the community. He got a lot more security stuff too. But I, I saw the latest issue has like I don't know a dozen more links to blog posts from a couple two people in the community. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, he's got a, a special section called <laughs> the Monkey House for uh, Matt Giffords. <laughs> post. Great name and the Bin Zone. Oh for my ben. goodness! Great <laughs> so, job, Pete. That's some good marketing. Yeah. Well, he, he challenges Matt and said, well, if you keep writing this way, we'll give you your own section. And so he said, challenge accepted. And uh, and he did a good job. <laughs> he got a lot of blog posts out. Um, and so, yeah, so if you want a summary of the, the best content out there, we're even linked in there. So I'm not sure if Pete's quality standards have dropped or not. But Okay. <laughs> No. So, um, but yeah, so if you go to tinyletter.com slash CFML, you can register because it is a newsletter email that gets sent out. But if you go to the site, you can just click um, view archives and you can see all of his previous ones too. So they're very similar to is it Peter Cooper's uh, JavaScript Weekly and stuff like that. But right. this is a monthly thing usually. I'm not going to you know restrict them to once a month, but roughly once a month is what Pete releases here. So he's almost up for his third year now, 30, 34 issues. So pretty cool. Okay. Uh, we have a blog post from Yvette. I always get his name wrong. Evagoras. <laughs> so he's got a Forgebox command box module for creating OSGI bundled jars. Right. So I guess um, he was running into some issues loading, you know, jar con uh, conflicts where, um, you know, they may have the same same path but different versions, and that's always a battle, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, a different log for J version in every different Java library I need to use. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but he's basically written a, a blog post there. So it's on evagoras.com. Uh, you can check out that. So he's got a, a module up on Forgebox for you as well. So if you're running the same issues, uh, definitely cool. And I know Brad, uh, Brad retweeted that one because he said about time. Because yeah. I think he, he's running some of the same battles. But uh seems like we've got another blog post from Ben Adele too, talking about queries of queries. So... Um, I know that we mentioned you last week for <laughs> giving Brad some harassment on the query queries, and yeah. I've been running that for a while. But uh, <laughs> I guess Ben looked at our uh, watched our show last week and decided to write a whole blog post about query queries. See, see, Ben and I are on the same page here. Arrays, arrays are are built for these kind of transformations. So. Yeah, so uh, it was pretty cool that Ben actually went through and looked at his uh, his Envision app and looked at all the query queries they, they do and then gave you all the ways that basically he could rewrite them. So use sort and filter and, you know, a lot of the functional programming ways of dealing with arrays. Um, and, you know, so if you're looking to upgrade and not use query queries, uh, he's got some pretty good examples in there. The, there's one thing I saw though that I know Brad would definitely uh, want to talk to him about was use the CF directory, which gives you back a you know a list a list of files or directories and whatnot, um, and then he was using that with a regex you know filter, which which works. But if you're dealing with really big file systems and and everything else, I'm not sure if it's just Adobe or or just Lucy, but there's one of them that takes a UDF. So if you pass it into the engine, you can pass in a UDF or a closure, and then basically you can filter the files that way. So that way you don't get back that whole array of like 5,000 records before you filter. If you pass in that UDF directly, you can just bring back just a smaller subset. So just like if you were doing a query, you'd want the query to be as, you know, as confined as possible so you get fewer records back. Using that UDF would be better. And then once you've got that, you can do all your fancy uh, sorting with the array from there. So. Right. 
Right. So yeah, because uh, obviously uh, Luis loves streams for everything, and that's one of the one of the things they were talking about the other day is how to use streams. And you know, Brad's like, yeah, that's fine as long as you're using that UDF first, just to bring it back. So pretty cool. I love the first line of Ben's uh, blog post, which is we were reminded that Cold Fusion is not a query engine. So I think most of us have query queries somewhere in our code. That's fine. Let's bring it up to modern standards. It's going to bring it up performance-wise and kind of leave query of queries behind. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So definitely check that blog post out. And even if you don't have queries and queries, you're lying. Uh, you're still learning something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Gregory Alexander um, has been doing a lot of work on this Galaxy blog, and he actually has a six-part blog series. So we're linking to the first one here. Um, so his ones, he's basically building up this uh, open source blog. And so he's talking about how to make the perfect social media sharing image using Cold Fusion. So he goes through, like I said, he's got six out so far. So he talks about different backgrounds and sizes and everything else. If you guys are using social media uh, publishing from your, your Cold Fusion app, uh, definitely some lessons to be learned there. So go check that out. And that's on GregoryAlexander.com. Uh, good blog post, uh, good series. And oh, another one from Ben. So Ben was talking about serializing a MySQL record set as a set of insert statements using Lucy. So uh, Ben accidentally deleted some data, you said. <laughs> so he had to go find a, an old backup file and then pull data out. Um, and you know, his DBAs have restricted access for certain things. So we had to sort of do things the old fashioned way and uh, work with Cold Fusion and do some work. So it's a pretty good experience uh, if you want to look through that and see some of the, the steps he was taking. Yeah, I love blog posts like this to show one, all of us do this. Yeah, we're you all know? human. We've all made mistakes like this. And then two, just kind of the iterative process we go through to try to try to bring something up, you know? Yeah. Uh, I love blog posts like this. Thanks for sharing, Ben. Okay, so next on the list, Charlie Earhart, uh, solving an error during a CF update. So a failed signature verification. Um, so this one is basically just talking through uh, the update process. I know that these latest updates had an issue where you had to have the most recent update before you could update to this version. And if you tried to do it beforehand, it would give you some interesting errors. So if you guys are updating, definitely read Charlie's blog post here. It's on the coldfusion.adobe.com site. It's on the community portal. Um, he has a lot of great content on his normal site too, because this is what Charlie does day in, day out, is help people you know, with their servers, troubleshooting and, and stuff. So. You know, if you're going to take anyone's advice, take Charlie's. So, um, yep, if you're updating, running to issues, definitely check this one out. And then Ben's been uh, working on this RIS key scanner for a while, so he's got another blog post about uh, adding a time to live on all persistent keys in Redis using uh, feature flags with Lucy. So I guess he uses this launch Darkly feature flag tool, and he uses it on the ColdFusion side and on their Angular side. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was pretty interesting, but so basically he's got to go put a time to live. I guess he found um, about 14 million records in Redis that shouldn't be there or something like that. Sounds familiar. We yeah. ran into something about like that with millions of keys that we could clean up too. Yeah. So it happens folks. It can happen to you. So yeah. So this, uh, he's got a sort of little series here on these uh, working with Redis here and build his own little uh, key scanner and stuff. And so, you know, he works through adding the time to live there. So if you guys are working with Redis or anything, it's a pretty interesting read. 
I enjoy Ben's Ben's blog posts. As many as he puts out, there's going to be something you'll like too. <laughs> and then uh, Charlie had a, a blog post too about converting application CFMs to CFCs. Do you remember this? I don't. That's right. I <laughs> I started with Cold Fusion ten, and they at least application CFC was already there. I didn't even know this was an option for like the first six months of coding in CFML. I forget. I'm a youngin. He's a youngin. It's it's kind of sad sometimes. <laughs> He's only been doing Cold Fusion for a few years and puts out amazing stuff. And I'm like, I've been doing it for 20 and I still only using six tags. But <laughs> <laughs> anyways, but. So, yeah, so he's just basically talking about, you know, if you are going to convert from application CFM to CFC, there's a few resources you should look at because there are some gotchas. Uh, you know, I obviously have worked in it for a long time. I've got a lot of legacy code I had to convert over time and a lot of client code that we've converted as well. Um, and so there are a few gotchas there. Um, it's not just a copy paste, that's for sure. So, um, but the other thing too is there's a lot of benefits you get with application CFC you may not be aware of, you know. It's a, basically a life cycle in itself. There's a lot of uh, cool pieces to it. So, if you're not using it, I definitely recommend you check it out. So, go check that article out. That's on coldfusion.adobe.com as well. And I'm sure if you go to kierhart.org, you'll, you'll find the post reposted there too. Um, James Moberg's been pretty busy. Um, he's been writing a few articles and one of them he actually talked about the CF document um, advice he was writing on the Adobe forums was marked as spam. So uh, he was not too impressed with that. <laughs> Seems like something Adobe please to look into that one. Yeah. So, Confusion is not spam. Yeah. Well basically they're having issues with CF document and a few problems they had with it and so he was talking about how he used um, like output something to HTML and use one of those uh, third-party libraries to convert it. Certain, oh, definitely. Yeah, like uh, the WK HTML to PDF. Yeah, that one. Yep. Yeah. So, um, depending on the size and what features you have in your document, you know, see if document doesn't work for everything, and that's why yep. Adobe actually has two or three different engines of their own right. inside CF now. So you can choose which one you want to use for for that. So, um, so anyway, so he posted on. Uh, onto there. So he reposted his advice on his website, but it's got some interesting advice. So if you guys are using CF document or, you know, had issues with it in the past, he's, you know, he's used it a lot. So he's got some good advice there. So yeah, check, out, check that, out that link in the show notes. Yep. So, uh, he's games over on Twitter. If you follow him, uh, he's, he posts some interesting stuff. So I definitely recommend that too. Okay. So, uh, Charlie has another one here. Um, Basically, a fix for the error where ColdFusion is unable to create an image from the specified source file. Um, so he talks about how you know that problem may not have an obvious solution, but the CFML image tags and functions except the URL won't follow redirects. So the you know a lot of those tools, um, if you're lucky, some of them will, will follow redirects, but a lot, most of the time you have to be you know make sure you're using the right SSL feature, HTTPS or not. But uh, other things like that, uh, you know, you need to follow that up. So um, nice little simple blog post there, but I'm sure you guys have come up with that here one time or another too. So cool. Well, let's get on to CFML jobs. So as usual, most of these jobs come from getcfmljobs.com. Uh, that website pulls in from Indeed and a lot of other places online. So if you're looking for a cold fusion job, I would check there first. Um, but the first one we have is... Uh, Fusion developer for CH Software Consultants in St. Louis. So it looks like the developer will have to do 
technical analysis, design, construction, code, build, and unit testing of application. So not a bad little job there. And it looks like we got another one here in Illinois. So senior culture developer for American Access Casualty Company. So it looks like pretty full position there. So you'll do research, designing, documentation, software specifications, as well as unit testing and writing code. So um, looks like a pretty complete job. And yeah, lots of different options. And again, get cfmljobs.com. There's a lot of different stuff there and lots of different areas too. I've seen them posting in India, Australia, all over the US. So definitely worth checking out. Okay, so now we're on to the Forge Box module of the week. Ta-da! So I made Eric choose these two since he's our special host today. So let's uh, <coughs> see what he has to say about our module. Absolutely. The first one I wanted to talk about is Route Visualizer. Uh, Coldbox, as you may know, is built on a what we like to call an HMVC platform, a hierarchical MVC. <laughs> that word is horrible, which is why we say HMVC. Uh, what that can do, though, is make it a little hard to find out where your routes are coming from and in what order. The Route Visualizer gives you a nice table that shows your routes, what module they come from, what order they're going to be matched in. Um, so you can know when you put a URL in, where is it going to go? So Yeah, and the cool thing is too, if you actually have a module which has its own router file, you can see that in the visualizer and then click into it to get into the, you know, the nested routes and everything too. Um, it allows you to click and run the event right from there. It shows you all the action verbs. So yeah, right. it's definitely a very cool tool, and we use that when we teach our, our soapbox cold fusion hero to zero. Yeah, zero, zero to hero. hero. Always gonna, <laughs> now that I missed it at once, I keep double taking yeah. on it. So so you can install it from ForgeBox, but even better, you can install it as a dev dependency. That way, when you deploy your code, you're not going to have it in there. Yep, very cool. So yeah, it's just route dash visualizer and that's on forgeboxes and so far it's only had about 500 well, 500 downloads but like almost 6,000 installs so um, and that's thanks to command box keeping that artifacts cache yep so when i install it in my 20 different projects it's yep. only one download very cool thank then, you uh, command box i know that uh my friend scott steinbeck was working on that at sea of summit where if you paste in a url it will match the route right uh, right so scott i know you listen to this quite often so uh where's that update but yeah get her done yeah we want to see that because <laughs> <laughs> that way you paste in your url it'll highlight the the, uh, the route that's gonna that's gonna hit yeah, because that can be difficult when you've got a big app and lots of routes. and So, Scott, like we're that. looking forward to that as a Christmas present. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> okay, so next we have our VS Code, Hints, Tips, and Tricks of the Week. So, again, I made a pick this one out. So, tell us a little bit about this one. Uh, this The one this week is called Project Manager, and it is very useful for anybody who uses more than, who works on more than one repo at a time, which is probably most of us. Uh, project Manager inside VS Code gives you a way to quickly switch between uh, projects, folders. My, one of my favorite features of it is it by default will scan a folder you give it for Git repos and create each of them as projects. So I don't do any configuration. I've just said, hey, I have a code folder. Anything that's a Git repo is a project. And then with a keyboard shortcut inside VS Code, it gives me a list of every project I have. I can type in the name, hit enter, 
and it either can replace my current project or open it in a new window. So no more jumping around the file system or, you know, or the terminal even. It's just a simple command from VS Code. Or this is me, no more having 20 projects in the sidebar at a time that I keep collapsing. It's just one window, one project. Yeah, I know that the recent <laughs> bar works, you know, wonders for me until I change, you know, customer and then I'm like, oh, got a whole bunch more I got to load up. So yeah. <laughs> a couple of our customers have a lot of little microservices and everything and, uh, you know, having them in separate projects so, or separate repos at least. So definitely cool to, to add that. So yeah, that's a nice one. Um, it's called Project Manager um, and I will not pronounce this guy's name. Alessandro Fregani? Fregani? Um, but yeah, we'll obviously have the link in the show notes as well. And you guys can go check that one out. Um, it's got almost oh, 500, sorry, 735,000 downloads and it's just a, a touch under five stars. So a uh, good little project there. So with that being said, sad as it might be, but um, time to finish up our episode here. So we do that by thanking our Patreon supporters. So thanks everybody for those of, those of you that are supporting us on Patreon. And then if you aren't and you'd like to, uh, there's small packages from $10 a month, you know, up until bigger packages where hopefully some of our nicer customers will, will do. Um, but yeah, it's obviously all our open source projects. I mean, there's a lot of great things out there that we don't charge for. So, right. And even services like this podcast, you know, Gavin puts a lot of time into getting this ready. If you appreciate that, you can look into the Patreon page, see if there's a way you can support that. Yep. So we will try and mispronounce these names. So I should make Eric do this. I was worried you were going to do this. Okay. <laughs> I did not practice. Um, thank you, Andrew Davis, Brian, Brian White, Carl Van Stetten, Dali, Dan Card, Daniel Garcia, David Bellinger, Didier Lesnicki, Don Bellamy, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Jan Yannick, Jeremy Adams, John Farrar, Jordan Clark, Joseph Lemery, Laxma Tirtohardi, Matt Clemente, Richard Herbert, Samuel Knowlton, Scott Steinbeck, VJ, and Yogesh Mathur. You did pretty good. I think you've watched the show enough to, to learn a few of these. <laughs> Some of them we had to get special <laughs> videos just for pronunciation on them. So I probably did mess up those. You, uh, Gavin will share with me those videos and I'll practice. <laughs> yep. So uh, thanks again for joining me, Eric. It's been uh, fun. I know you enjoy watching the podcast. What do you think being a host? It's fun? It was fun. It was fun. I usually listen, I'll be honest. But uh, I, I'd love to come on again anytime you... Uh, need a break from Brad? You let me know. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, well, Brad and uh, and Andrew will probably be back in the next couple of weeks as well. So, uh, but uh, thanks again for coming on, and thanks everybody for watching. So, See ya. Have a good week. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.